This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Also presents Take Care On Air. Interviews, current affairs and events from across Victoria. Also is your community hub and also is proud to sponsor Joy. Ah, of course. Hello and welcome to a slightly later Take Care On Air uh, for this week with me, Kath Duncan. And me, Crusader Hillis. Of course. And you know that Take Care On Air is brought to you by the Also Foundation, your community advocacy and sexual health information portal. Oh. It's all, all part of the... Take care out there. And Sexual before, health project. I- I- exactly. Before this, you heard uh, Kylie Minogue there with uh, Breathe. Can I and, admit uh, to being out. an anti-Kylie Minogue person? I don't see why everyone made show. such a fuss about her being on at Mardi Gras. What's she ever done for the queer community? I can just hear radios all over Melbourne shutting off. Well, look, uh, once they turn on the computer here, that we'll be able to get people ferociously coming calling in. Oh, excellent. Okay, well, we're all hanging out for that. On the show today, we're going to, uh, it's, look, it's more of our series on queer sports, you know, like how much sportier can we get? We've got a combination of soccer and water polo. Now, I know that's very high contrast. Look, we're also going to be exploring some new research into young people's perceptions and experiences of wanted and unwanted attention in Well, sexual attention in licensed venues. That should be interesting. And, of course, we're also going to be checking up on what's going on around Victoria with our buddy from Goulburn Valley Pride, Damien Stevens. All this and more. Now, I just want to say a quick word about the Melbourne Queer Film Festival. It's still running. Uh, Yes. For another week and a day or two. Yes. Another Um, week. Back by popular demand is Monday coming of next week. Including Cloudburst, which was the opening night film. Yeah, and apparently it really went off. And I'm going to see that on the Monday night because I, I missed it. And uh, look, I've seen six films so far. They're a bit blurry in my mind. Um, a tip, top tip, because it's playing again, is the Norwegian or Danish, never quite worked that out, film called Kiss Mook. Scandinavian. Well done. Kiss Mook, or, but it's sort of um, translated as with every heartbeat. You know what? There is honestly one of the best filmic orgasms ever. Fantastic. And no yes. one dies. So I definitely recommend that one. But oh, who breath. have we got on the telephone? Right now, it's all about soccer. Now, look, the whole world plays it. But what's it like to play with other queer folk? The Melbourne Rovers, they were formed in uh, June 2008 as an LGBT soccer club. Uh, they wanted to foster soccer and achieve physical and social fitness. I think that's really good. And also for recreation. Now, they've. I didn't get this bit. You were saying they've played leagues. No, they play, they've played that? in different leagues, including the Yarra Jets, ah. in the Metro and State Leagues, and the Men's Metropolitan Central League, and with the women playing in the Women's State League Division 2 Northwest, and fielding another team in the Women's Metropolitan Central League. Is that all right and true, Mr. Heath Wilson? Yeah, that sounds about right. Oh, so, good. Uh, so, with all that, does that mean that you're pretty good? Uh, you know what? The women's team is actually, uh, although I'd hate to admit it, uh, far superior to the men's. Uh, yes, the men's Yarra Jets team. So, often happens, good. you know. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. Um, can we just ask you how did the uh, how did the club form? What you know, it was it was sort of around the same time as the 2008 Asia Pacific uh, Games in Melbourne. Was it part of that, or did it have its own momentum? It was. It was a little bit after that. Um, 
and it was set up by um, uh, one of my mates, uh, John Player, who actually lives in Sydney now. And uh, traitor. Yeah, you know, he, he was uh, very keen on soccer and got a bunch of guys um, to start off with um, who were interested and like-minded and, you know, got us all together and then um, recruited girls and, you know, brought it all together, really, so that we could uh, come and play soccer, really, because that's what we're there for. What's it take to be a good soccer player? It's a very good question, and after many years of playing soccer, I still haven't been able to tap that one. <laughs> oh, but, Okay. Um, you know, it's, I suppose what Melbourne Rovers are all about is anyone can come along and have a kick, um, even if you haven't played before and you're interested in playing soccer or you like coming and watching, um, anyone can play. So, uh, but I suppose someone who's got great ball skills, you know, great, uh, there's lots of men in the community that have great ball skills, I think, Heath. But, um, what position do you play on the field? Uh, so I'm in the back line usually uh, right back. And where do you guys play? So uh, during the winter season, um, we just finished our summer season, actually, which uh, we played at Faulkner Park in a sub-football competition, which was a mixed uh, competition. So that was men and women playing together? Yeah, so, um, yeah, gay and lesbian, men and women. So uh, we finished, we had two teams, actually, for the first time in four years play in that competition, and we both finished in the Division One league, and uh, that's our pretty good going. Uh, yeah, and our Rovers one team actually came second um, overall, which is a pretty good effort. So, and did the girls dominate? Uh, do you know what in that team? I think the men are actually stronger. Wow! So look out! Yes. It equals out during the year. Men are stronger during the winter, uh, summer, and the girls uh, kick some serious butt during the winter. But um, during the winter season, we play in Clifton Hill. Oh, yeah. um, so we play under the Yarra Jets banner because they're an affiliated uh, soccer um, club registered with the FFV. So um, we basically come in and fill their teams. So. Well, we're talking soccer here on Take Care On Air, of course, on Joy. Right at the moment, we're speaking with Rovers president, and that's a Melbourne mixed gender soccer club, Heath Wilson. Now, Heath, is there a lot of socialising after the games? Is it the sort of thing you can go along and, you know, hope you might find someone that you like? Uh, someone that you like, so looking for a soccer buddy that you could... Well, no, well, you know, is it also sort of like... I mean, do people ever end up dating each other or do soccer players not do that sort of thing? It's a good question. In the boys' team, I can only speak to the, like, the boys' side of things. Um, I can honestly say that uh, no one's really uh, not uh, like that. It's not oh. been a hook-up thing, in other words, Kath. I think you don't, your ideas about your soccer career <laughs> maybe are not quite Damn going it. to be realised. I might, I might try water polo a yeah. bit later on, see That's if I right. get yeah, any more luck there. Yeah, the water polo team uh, <laughs> are a li- little bit more... Uh, carefree and uh, loving in that regard. Oh, really? Fantastic. Oh, well, put yeah. that to them. Now, look, what, the Justin Fashionu Cup, uh, I probably said the name wrong, but I think a lot of people probably know about um, Justin Fashionu, the UK footballer who came out as gay uh, quite a few years ago. Can you tell us a little bit about him and also about the competition between you and the Sydney Rangers? Yeah, so um, Justin Fashionu was a um, a Premier League player in the late 80s who came out. He was the first um, uh, black soccer player 
um, to come out um, from what I understand and uh, you know unfortunately uh, he committed suicide um, in the early 90s and uh, there's a big campaign over in the UK about Justin Fashioner and you know, uh, social inclusion in sport and supporting um, you know gay and lesbian players who play sports so there's a big campaign over there um, we're up to third this is going to be our fourth year so uh, Melbourne um, Rovers and the Sydney Rangers have a uh, fiercely fought competition um, over a, a lovely cup each year, and that's called the Justin Bashanu Cup. Who usually wins? Well, it's a very good question, and if you had asked me this time last year, I would have told you it was one all. So, but actually, last year... Um, Sydney won. I could tell that because of the hesitation. The in reluctance. <laughs> yes. So, are you guys? Is it? Are you? Is your blood up for this year? Do you know what? We're pumped and we're ready to uh, peg one back. <laughs> um, what's interesting is that neither team has actually ever won in their home city. So, hmm. um, this year it's actually in Sydney. Um, so Sydney are hosting, um, and uh, we will be there in about October, I think, probably taking that battle up to them. It's always a very, a very tight competition between the two clubs, and there's certainly a lot of rivalry building there, naturally, between Sydney and Melbourne. Um, and we've met them this time last year at the Wellington Out Games and I can say that we didn't concede or lose a game to them over in Wellington. So happy with that. But uh, we're looking to certainly uh, peg one back so we can be too old this year. Good. Now, look, um, because we are a sexual health program and that's, you know, that's actually one of our main focus. One of the things Take Care Out There has done is is sort of talk with a lot of sporting groups about uh, getting this information. One of the great things I think about sports is it does provide an alternative to venues and a whole range of other things. But in terms of um, health and, and in particular sexual health, do, do the Rovers have any sort of attitudes about those sorts of things? Oh, I think uh, you mentioned previously about social um inclusion and, and, and the social aspect. Certainly um, Melbourne Rovers, you know, always look out for each other and uh, you know, kind of some of us have formed, you know, brotherly relationships or sisterly relationships with our fellow teammates um, and certainly like to look out for each other and we certainly all um, make sure that we're on the same page when it comes to um, safe sex and, and uh, the like, so... All right, so you don't hook up, but you talk about safe sex. That's a very good start. <laughs> yeah, Thank we you. about the safe sex that happened just on the weekend. That's right. How can people get involved? Yes. How? Yes. Um, so hit up the if you two two things you can get in contact with us um, through the website, which has got email addresses of um, myself and some of my um, other board members. Um, which is so it's just you can just Google Melbourne Rovers and it will come up with uh, the Melbourne Rovers website. Or you can look at for us on Facebook and just search in um, Melbourne Rovers and it will come up. So Fantastic, Terrific. and good luck against Sydney. Kill them. Thank you, kill them. Yeah, indeed. Take care on air here. Coming up, I bet ah, I bet you haven't thought about playing water polo. I know I've brought it up. We're having that a bit later on. Um, in just a moment, we're going to be talking about the new research into... 
unwanted sexual attention. Stay with us. Joy 94.9. Individual health and well-being through stronger community endeavours. Take care out there. Take care out there. Take care on air here with you, Kath Duncan and Crusader Hillis. Don't panic if you miss the show for the week because you can get us every week on podcast by going to the website joy.org.au. Right now, have you ever felt you received unwelcome sexual advances from people in clubs and pubs when you're out? If you'd like to comment on this story we're about to do or ask a question, you can SMS us now on 0427JOY949 or you can email to onair at joy. Have I got this right, Crusader? joy.org.au. Yes, you've got that right, Kath. That's amazing. Tops. Well done. At the University of Melbourne, PhD candidate in the School of Social and Political Sciences, Bianca Philiborn, is investigating young people's experiences and perceptions of sexual harassment and other unwelcome behaviours in licensed venues. And to tell us more, we have Bianca in the studio. Hi. Hi, how are you going? Very well. What got you interested in this topic? Sure. So I guess it was um, it was really based largely on my own experiences. So, um, you know, when I was a bit younger in my 20s and going out a bit more regularly, I just had this period of about, you know, maybe six months where every single time I went out, I had someone, you know, feeling me up or just doing something really inappropriate. And firstly, it got me really angry. But secondly, it got me thinking, well, what is it about these spaces that makes it okay for this to happen? Like this doesn't happen to me you know, in any other sort of social space that I'm in. And so I started talking to a lot of my female friends about it. I sort of, you know, came to realise that I didn't know anyone that wasn't experiencing this sort of thing when they they went out. Um, And then at the same time, you know, we had the 2am lockout um, coming in, a lot of focus in the media and police effort looking at male-on-male physical violence. Um, But no one seemed to be talking about the things that I I was experiencing and that my friends were experiencing. How would you define unwanted sexual attention? And for that matter, how would you define wanted sexual attention? Yeah, that's a good question. So when I'm talking about unwanted sexual attention, firstly, I'm referring to a really broad range of behaviours. So anything from sort of unwanted touching, verbal comments, staring, um, through to sexual assault and rape. And it's basically anything that's happening that that person hasn't consented to or doesn't want to be happening um, to them. Um, Whereas wanted attention is something that I think people are sort of actively engaging with and are okay to have that happening with them. And there's probably a whole range of signals that are happening which are age old and, and people are quite comfortable with. That's right. Yeah. Do you think, though, I mean, are we are we getting a little serious? I mean, I, you know, I have to kind of point out, generally at, at licensed venues, you know, people may be drinking or whatever. Is there a certain level of that you've got to just, like, cop because that's where you're at? You know, or, you know, is, where do you stand on that? Yeah, and that's something that a lot of my participants have said, that it's just something that happens when you go out. You have to expect that that's going to happen when you're in a space, particularly spaces where people are trying to, to pick up and to sexually interact. Um, however, my personal stance is that it's never okay to have something happen to you sexually that you don't agree to and that you don't want to be happening. And the other thing is that, 
you know, even though some of these things seem quite minor, they actually have quite a profound effect on people when they're going out and they do affect how safe people feel when they're accessing these spaces. It also affects how they're going to feel about going out in the future as well. Look, um, one of the things that I'd be interested in is as you, because I know you, I think you've already been talking to a range of people in the study and Mm -hmm. at the moment you're starting to look for uh, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgendered and intersex people and their experience in licensed venues. But one of the things I was interested in asking is have people been talking about uh, the response time it takes for someone to get the message and to just bug off? You know, like is there... Uh, you know, are people talking about the fact that, you know, they can deal with the situation up to a certain point, but after a while it actually becomes really harassing? Yeah, absolutely. And most people have been saying, you know, it's not that they don't want anyone to come and talk to them or interact with them when they're out in a venue. It's more once they feel that they've made it clear through their body language or just by quite explicitly saying to someone, can you go away? And they, after that point, if they, you know, they've ignored that and they continue to harass them and engage in this unwanted behaviour, that's really when it becomes a problem. Um, but where that line is, I think, is different for different people and depending on the the circumstances. And what sort of responses have people made to those unwanted attention? I mean, you know, you've just said there where you say, no, 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 go away or or whatever. And is is there a point where people like either leave, grab their friends to have a go at the person or, you know, go to another part of the club or what sort of, what happens after that? Yeah, there's a really wide range of responses. I don't know that there's necessarily a standard response, um, but definitely people have said, you know, they feel safer if their friends are around and they've got their friends to sort of back them up and shield them from this person. Um, definitely leaving the club, moving to a different part of the club. Do they approach um, security and all that too? Is that part of it? Some people have. There were really mixed responses in terms of um, the reaction that they get from club staff. So some sometimes they respond really well and talk to the person that's doing it or kick them out. Other times they basically just say, look, go away. Um, you know, some people have got told, look, you were drunk, you were deserving what was happening, um, or it's just not taken seriously. Uh, and a lot of people just won't report it to staff in the first place because they don't feel it's serious enough or that, you know, they won't respond. And I have to say, in the 80s and 90s, there are a lot more female security uh staff around than there seems to be now almost every club around Brunswick Street and Johnson Street near where I live um, is always staffed by by male security so there might be even some sort of attitudinal issues that are sort of carrying through to the whole club. Absolutely and I think it's also worth mentioning that some people have actually been harassed and assaulted by security guards as well so they can be part of the problem. Can can I ask have you interviewed any, look I know you're going to be looking for gay men out there about unwanted sexual attention, have you interviewed any um, hetero men about sort of unwanted or uh, harassing behaviour from female clients? I I have done some focus groups with heterosexual men um, and, you know, it's been quite interesting. One person in particular talked about an experience of being harassed by a woman in a venue that he was working at and he he didn't seem to think that it was that big a deal. Like, it was a sort of experience that if a woman or a female participant was talking about it, it would have been something that they found quite threatening. Whereas for this guy, it was sort of like, oh, well, she she wasn't going to do anything further. I felt like I could handle it. Um, so 
I suspect that it probably is happening to heterosexual men a lot more than we actually realise, but there's a lot of resistance to sort of talking about it or acknowledging that it might be a threat or a problem. And there's thousands of years of, of culture that, that makes men feel safe around women or, or feel, you know, in some ways physically superior. Yeah, that's right. And even, like, I ran some online surveys and I had a lot of gay male respondents for those um, and they identified it as being something that happens to them, but again, um, sort of felt like it was something they could deal with and it, it wasn't really a problem. Yep. All right. Now, you're looking to do, still do some focus groups with uh, gay, lesbian, bisexual and trans people? I am, yes. Yeah. And what are the parameters? How old? Um, so if you're aged 18 to 35 and you go to licensed venues, those are the only, only criteria and you'd like to donate an hour of your time to come and, and talk to me about these issues. And look, can I suggest that um, a great call out to trans people would be a really great thing to do and I think maybe getting in touch with someone like the Zoe Bell Gender Centre to get onto their list because um, I know that a lot of trans people get unwanted uh, attention of all sorts in, in these sorts of places. Absolutely. Um, and I actually had uh, well, one person I interviewed and her partner was a trans woman and it was a really significant issue for them. And part of the, the physical um, violence that they were experiencing as well tended to have a sexual element for, for her. Mm. We're talking to um, uh, Bianca Filiborn, who's a PhD candidate at the University of Melbourne in the School of Social and Political Sciences, and she's investigating uh, unwanted attention in clubs. Can I just ask now, sometimes with these theses, they just sort of sit on a shelf and you know gather dust and die. Um, are you going to sort of take it further, publish it? Um, are you making recommendations? Like, is it taking that kind of legal end of making recommendations, or is it just going to be like a great big narrative research report? Mm. I'm hoping it will be a little bit of both because I think it has implications for the academic world as well as for more um, sort of practical um, you know, policy side of things. Um, so I do, I have been trying to um, get my results out there through, obviously through the media like I'm doing today and at conferences and through some academic um, publications. But I am also hoping that at, at the very least that it, it will initiate some sort of broader conversation about this as an issue. Um, and ideally, I would like to make some recommendations for things that I, I think could be changed within um, the culture and the physical design of venues. Um, I'm not sure that a legal approach is necessarily the best way to go. Um, but I, I do think that there are other sort of you know, smaller and quite achievable changes that could be made um, specifically within the venue like environment. What? Um, so, for example, I think training for staff and security is one of the really big issues. Um, you know, I, what I'm trying to do is identify things within the culture of venues that might be making it um, easier for this sort of thing to happen. Uh, and the other really big issue has been the design of space. So, for instance, if you've got really crowded areas where there's a bit of a, I guess, a traffic jam when people are trying to move through the venue, that creates the opportunity for people to, you know, cop a feel without being um, detected ah, by anyone. So, interesting, yeah. yeah. And look, finally, how do people, particularly our queer listeners out there, get in touch with you to take part? Yep, so you can email me at um, my Melbourne Uni address. Um, 
Now, do you want me to read that out? or Look, you... do. Um, I know it's going to be a hard one because I've seen those university addresses, but go for it. <laughs> sure. So it's Bianca KF, so B-I-A-N-C-A-K-F at student.unimelb.edu.au. That's not bad at all. Normally it's all these numbers. But um, And then the other thing is, is there anything on Facebook or is there anything any other way that people can track you down? Um, there's nothing on Facebook. I have been putting ads on a few um, websites, so it is on the Zoe Bell yep. Gender Centre website. Oh, terrific. Um, It'll also be sport. on Care Out There on the uh, both the Facebook page and on Twitter by this afternoon as well. So get on to Care Out There on Facebook and Twitter and you'll find out all about how to get involved in Bianca's project. Fantastic. Thanks for coming in and good luck. No worries. Thanks a lot. Thanks to Bianca Philiborn there from the University of Melbourne doing her PhD Ooh, in the School of Political and Social Sciences. Now, coming up, we're going to set up a huge water polo game in the studio. Gaz is getting straight into it right now. Stay with us. You're with Take Care On Air with Kath Duncan and Crusader Hillis. Joy 94.9. Miss that interview live on Joy? It's available on podcast. Joy 94.9 has a huge range of programs available for podcast. Catch the best bits of your favourite show by heading to joy.org.au and choose from over 80 Joy programs. It's really easy. Just click on the podcast and listen. Or go one better and subscribe to your favourite show. Available now, free, to download and take wherever you go. Visit joy.org.au and click on the podcast link. joy.org.au and you're listening to Take Care On Air with Kath Duncan and Crusader Hillis. And right now in the studio, we're about to have a water polo game. Yes. Right here, right now. We're very wet. The water's already been filling up around us. We're ankle deep. We're Gaza about to drowned, but never mind. Yes. Never um, mind, we're flying solo. And we're talking to a couple of members of Melbourne's only queer water polo club, Melbourne Surge. Woo-hoo. They train every week, and I think they compete in winter at Melbourne High School, and they welcome everyone from beginners to Olympic champions. Good luck with that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Look, and we've got Seven and Disco, who are two the members of the team in the studio and I'm very glad to have somebody else in the studio with an unusual name so to say. Yes, though yours yes. still caps it. Hi guys. Hello. Now look, um, I, I couldn't help but notice that you describe Melbourne Surge, I love the Melbourne Surge, great name, as inclusive, fun-loving and active. How do you achieve those goals? Well, inclusive, we just sort of allow anyone to come along to our games um, or our trying out matches um, you know, it's just about people who sort of are interested and think oh, I might want to try this and come along and and uh, yeah so sort of we allow anyone to come along and and help uh, try out help try out yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's such fun. a bizarre it's, sport yeah. I mean wh- like what why would you want to play all sports are bizarre do you no, this <laughs> <laughs> and that's possibly true but some potentially are more bizarre than others why would you want to play water polo Oh, well, if, if you um, are, are like swimming, you're really interested in swimming, you love the water, um, it uh, it's, has, has a great physical aspect to it. It um, can be yeah, quite physical. Fitness, fitness is involved is really hard because so, you've got to swim the whole time. You're in a really deep pool. So. Oh, I thought you were standing on the bottom. No, no, oh, no, definitely not. Time. Oh <laughs> yeah. my goodness! No, it's incredibly, oh, I didn't incredibly physical and very demanding. Yeah, I can it's, imagine. It's, um, some people describe it as sort of like rugby or maybe um, basketball because you're sort of going up and down the pool mm. from one end to the other and you're sort of trying to sort of smash through the other team and <laughs> score goals. And using your arms. 
Yeah. Now, look, you've had quite a bit of success I, and some international success as well. Tell us what happened at the Cologne Gay Games. The Cologne Gay Games, we ended up coming second. We Woo! got ourselves a silver medal. Wow, Fantastic. well done. Um, so that was great achievement for us. And Igla last year in Hawaii, we actually took out the gold. Oh, oh wow, well done. And locally? Uh, locally, we play uh, just the normal state league. Yep. Um, against all those against, straight teams? Against all the straight teams, yes. Have like you ever beat them? Kick their bums, yes, oh, we certainly good. do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, a couple of years ago we, we took out the gold of that. So we're just working on stepping it up again this year um, and hopefully we'll be training hard enough to take it out for the winter comp this year. Now, it's just all guys at this stage, but you're yep. welcome to lesbian, transgender, crusader, you were saying, you know, the whole the whole range, joining up to play water polo. Like, that's the plan, is it? Yeah, well, we definitely got uh, a lot of keen interest from many areas of the community so yeah we're hoping that we'll get enough team enough people down together to create um second team or a third team so yeah it'd be really good for that to do so how many in a team um you need seven in the water at one time including the goalie yeah and is there other people sort of like in backup ready to sort of jump in and yeah there's yeah. there's subs that when people drown yeah get so physically exhausted that so how many are in surge at the moment Oh, maybe 30. About 30. Wow, yeah. well done. Wow, that's yeah, amazing. And differing skills levels. A lot of different skills, yeah. Like we've got people here are very, very basic. They sort of just come to training just for a bit of exercise, the social aspect, um, and, you know, play a few pretend games. But, um, yeah, right up to, I mean, we've got people that play in National League, so... Now, now, Seven and Disco, can you each give us a little bit of a background about your water polo History, how you first got involved, how long you've been doing it and, and things like that? Sure. Go for um, it, Seven. Right, I think I probably started about five years ago. Um, I swam, so I was comfortable in the water. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was at uh, Carnival Day and someone handed me a leaflet and said, come to Rookies Day, and I went, hmm, I might try that. So I went along and loved it, absolutely loved it, and met a whole heap of new great friends. Um, yeah, and it's just carried on f- since then. And you, Disco? Um, I've been playing for about eight years now. Um, I first met the, the team down down the pub one day ah. and <laughs> had a few drinks with them and they sort of said, oh, why don't you come down to training tomorrow? So do, do they drink like fish as well as swim like fish? <laughs> oh, not yeah, so some much Some of them anymore. do, yeah. <laughs> some of us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, after the game. After the game, After of the game, yes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, went to training the next day with the guys and got along really well with them and never looked back. And, and do you find that, like, people are a bit nervous about joining water polo because it is such a highly skilled game, or is, or is it something that people pick up quite quickly? Um, I, th- I think they sort of come wondering what's this sort of all about. They're a little bit nervous, but, mm. I mean, it's not a, a sort of a sport that's out there in the, on the telly all the time. Indeed. Mm. So they're sort of going, oh, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know anything about this, but I'll give it a go, and... But so we sort of just but yeah as long as you give it, they give it a go and they yeah. persevere with it and you just get better and better and we're always willing to help out as much as possible to increase everyone's yeah. skills 
Now, look, I think one of the famous water polo moments, you know what I'm going to say, which happened in Melbourne at the 1956 Olympics, was after Russia had, uh, the Hungarians had got their independence from Russia and then Russians took over again and the Russian and the Hungarian water polo team ended up having a mini war in the pool. Oh, wow. I didn't Um, know that. You guys obviously heard about that scene footage of that? Yeah, and uh, sometimes it can be a little bit um, uh, that physical. Yeah. Well, look, uh, really? what I'm trying to get at you, is you, is um, the bathers don't can come off. <laughs> what <laughs> I'm getting at. Oh. <laughs> we just had on the, on the radio show um, the soccer team from Melbourne who have a bit of a grudge match with Sydney. Now, I think there's a little bit of a. I think you even call it a grudge match between yeah, do. Sydney <laughs> no. Stingers and Melbourne Surge. Really? Mm-hmm. So, you know, Absolutely, come yeah. on, do you get into a bit of biffo in the pool? It, it can get a bit heated. It can get heated, yeah. yeah. Um, name calling? Not, not a <laughs> name calling, yeah. Not in a sort of a vicious, awful way, but yeah, it's sort of competitive, heated competitively. Yeah, so. And is that just traditional Melbourne Sydney rivalry or is there something more to it? Have they thrashed, your, thrashed you guys at some point or have you thrashed they them? Used like, to, they used to thrash us. Many, many years ago. Right. And ever since that, uh, we've sort of stepped up um, in increasingly amount. So, yeah, we've definitely smashed them back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you've get- won at the last few Sorry. times, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's at least three, last three times I think we've won. Yeah, absolutely. Really? Yeah. Ah, all their blood must be up. Yeah. And speaking of that, can you get injured in the pool with those mallet things whizzing around or whatever it is that you do? (laughs) They don't use mallets in the pool. It's not lacrosse in water. What do they use then? I thought they use mallets. I don't think of horses. So, okay, guys, so what do you use? What do you do? do? Um, It's all all about throwing the ball. You throw it with the ball. I thought they had mallets. Well, you might might have a... It's only one arm, isn't it, that you use? Yeah, 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 only one You'll be fine then, Kat. No, actually, I wanted to ask about that because, like, I'm a one-arm, one-legged person and I swim kind of okay. Would I be able to do it or would I just, like, be a complete disaster? Well, you'd need to take off the artificial leg. Yeah, I always do if I go swimming. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Have you ever had any any disabled Um, No, no, we haven't. Um, But I... If you if you have the ability to sort of do egg beater or, or keep yourself up above you know your, your chest up above the water level and oh, yeah. to, and to hold and catch a ball with one hand, hell yeah, then there's no reason why you couldn't. Do you guys use both hands when you do ball things, or do you no, allowed to use one? one? One hand, just one hand, and it can be one or the other. One or the other, yeah. Mm-hmm. Crusader, I think we found my new sport. Though it's a shame about the mallets. <laughs> yeah, you would like a lacrosse. I would like a mallet. A polo but mallet, anyway, yes. to beat up the other players. Yeah. Um, well, no, just polo to wipe stick, it about, you know. And do you have to have protective gear on? Do you wear like stuff in the water? Oh, we have a cap that just, has just that um, with our earmuffs with the, the plastic areas. gear things around yeah. the edge. Oh. Yeah. All right. Oh. Finally, how do you get in touch with you guys? I bet you're going to say you can find you on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, definitely. Uh, Cam, which is facebook.com slash Melbourne Surge. So Melbourne Surge is Look what you're looking up, looking for. And what about your website? We can Google Melbourne Surge. That's going to definitely find you. That's how I found you. Yeah. 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 Um, and a, it will be on the Care Out there, Facebook and Twitter in the next half an hour or so as well to how to get in touch with you guys. Been great talking to you. Keep up the good fun in the water the good Mm -hmm. water sports Mm. (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah been really good having you in shannon and disco from melbourne surge go well guys thank you coming up uh, we're going to be checking in what's happening around the state joy 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 94.9 
Take care out there. Take care out there. Individual health and well-being through stronger community endeavours. It's Take Care on Airtime still with Kath Duncan and Crusader Hillis. And look, I, I wanted to say that Melbourne Surge have got a rookies program coming up on the 25th of March. And, and the sexiest looking flyer I've seen well, for a sporting that group. that was one of the questions I wanted to ask because every flyer they've got, including everything on the website, is almost like soft porn. It's oh, wow. Like the smallest, smallest little costumes and the... And um, hand gestures that are very suggestive. Yes. And uh, I can see why they have at least 30 members and that is a double entendre. Next, Crusader, what have we got? We have Damien Stevens on the phone. And Damien, today, we're not going to be doing a rural roundup. We're actually going to be doing a little bit because last time Damien was on, we were going to talk to him about the time of Golden Valley Pride, who, who Damien is convener of, going up to Mardi Gras, and we never got a real chance to do that. And we also want to talk about what's going on with Uniting Care Cutting Edge and their program for young GLBT youth. That was a mouthful. It hi, was. Hi, Damien. Hi, guys. Hello. Hey, um, Damien, let's start then. Mardi Gras, we know you went up there. Did you sort of spread the Victorian love? And the bus. Oh, we sure did. It was a super-duper trip. Um, we, 24 of us, jumped on the luxury coach, even had reclining seats, this oh. one. <laughs> oh. And it was awesome. And um, uh, took the journey, a long, comfortable journey to Sydney, um, and arrived there on the Friday night, settled in at the lovely um, hotel up there. And, um, um, you know, had a lovely weekend in Sydney. It wasn't just the parade. It was, you know, enjoying the sights and having meals and making friends. And um, it was a really nice time. That sounds really good. What was your highlight of Mardi Gras? Did, and did many of you get to the party? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the high- there were many highlights for me, Crusader. Um, I think the fact that, you know, we had a very diverse bunch of people uh, come on the coach, you know. There, there were only 24 of us. Um, but it wasn't, you know, just gays and lesbians. There were mums, there were um, older people, there were younger people. There were, you know, I think the oldest person on the bus was in their late 60s. And that was just oh, wow, a mum. Cool. Yeah, a mum who'd always, you know, part of her bucket list always wanted to, to attend. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> she came along and had a great time. But some of us were on the street. Some of us were in the glam stand. Um, you know, none of us were in the parade. We might do that next year. but I think um, it'd be great to see Shepherd in, in the parade or Golden Valley in the parade. Yep. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll aim for that. But, um, yeah, and several of us did go to the, the, the after party and um, I, I've always wanted to go to that party. I, you know, never uh, knew what to expect, but I was overwhelmed, amazed. Love seeing Kylie and Magda and, um, you know, a whole lot of um, other amazing performers. It was, a, it was an amazing night, the whole thing. Yeah, look, it's, it's so incredible. You, it's, it's always overwhelming, the amount of venues that are happening, the amount of different things that are And all the people there. And the amount They're of people. Just the people watching. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Now, what's going on with uh, Uniting Care Cutting Edge and the program that you've been running up there? The Diversity Project uh, this year has started off very uh, well. Uh, I've been to probably six or seven uh, secondary schools already this year. Um, this morning, I was at two different secondary schools doing sexuality which, education. And which um, secondary schools were you at? Because sometimes the, the context of these things can be really interesting. Yeah, sure. This morning, I was at Marupna Secondary College, which is a small suburb just next to Shepparton. Uh, and I was also at Maguire Secondary College, which is a, a college um, in south of Shepparton. 
um, later this week, I'm off to New Murphy Secondary College, which is about half an hour north. Of which Kevin. is where my partner went to school. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, over the last, like I said, couple of months, I've been to several others. But my focus when I'm there um, is generally healthy relationships in general and what they might look like. But I also spend a significant amount of time talking about um, sexual orientation, gender, um, you know, uh, sorry, gender diversity, uh, a whole lot of other areas that, um, that are really important and I think really foreign to a lot of young people living in regional and rural Victoria. How receptive are they to your messages? Generally speaking, um, a lot of them, you know, after a few giggles and level of discomfort <laughs> for, for, you know, content that they would never have thought would um, would be spoken about, um, they're, they're pretty good with it. I must say, though, that I do find, you know, Shepparton is a very diverse um, place. With and culturally incredibly diverse now, yes. too. Yes, culturally, um, lots of different religions. And so Maguire Secondary College, for example, where I was this morning, has a very... Um, high population of um, multicultural um, and ethnic communities, whereas Marupna was, you know, um, I guess not as many. And so the, the discussions were um, had a lot more giggles and were a bit more difficult, at the, at, you know, when it comes to culturally and linguistically diverse young people. But um, we got through it. We got through it. Can I tell you I'm very proud of you, Damien, because still one of the scariest and one of the most traumatic experiences of my life was about... 15 years ago, being invited to Dandenong, to a whole range of different schools, being brought together with 500 boys in year 11 and 12. Oh, the horror. And talking about masculinity as a gay man. And if it wasn't for Lee Hubbard from the union movement who came on afterwards and just said how moved he was and how amazing it was to have those words spoken, I think I would have just gone home and topped myself because <laughs> those kids were aggressive and difficult. Really? And, and re- it was a, you know, so I can imagine it can still be quite a, um, a taxing thing to go through that sort of stuff. Yeah, um, it, it can be difficult. Um, you know, certainly the schools that I find um, it can be a bit more challenging in are the ones where, you know, religion tends to be a, a focus for the school. Um but does that include Catholic schools, do you think? Or? Oh, it, it does. However, um, in a couple of weeks' time, I'm actually going along to a network meeting um, of all of the um, representatives from Catholic schools right across our region, Crusader, um, to present to them uh, what I feel would be helpful and um, appropriate uh, to combat bullying, homophobic bullying in Catholic schools and to be um, talking to them about how I can deliver that to all of the Catholic schools uh, across our diocese over the next 12 months as well. So wow, that'd be fantastic. Yep. We're making inroads everywhere. And you'd also be very aware of the work of Maria Pallotti Chiaroli as well, yep. mm-hmm. who's mm-hmm. done a lot of work with uh, Catholic schools. In fact, I think she made it in, for a while there. The Catholic schools were actually leading the way in their anti-homophobia work. Yeah. Yeah. Damien, it's been great to talk to you as always, and we'll have you back in two weeks' time. And, and on that time, we're going to be finding out more about everything that's been happening right across Victoria and what's going to be coming up. See you Excellent. then.
Bye, Damien. See ya. And uh, if you want to find out more about what Goulburn Valley Pride get up to, you can uh, look them up on Facebook. Damien's a very good Facebooker. Yes. And that's us for this week. We will be back again next Tuesday from midday to one, which is our regular time slot. You're with Joy all the way across Melbourne, your gay, lesbian, queer community radio station. We'll see you again next week. Thanks to Gaz, our panel op. As always. See you then. Thank you for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.